Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe. Joining me tonight is a very special guest for a very special podcast because, well, we haven't done one in a while and they haven't done one in a while, so we're going to do something fun. Joining me is Mr. Andrew Hyde from In The Loop. Hyde, how are you doing? Good. The views and opinions of the host <laughs> of the host and not any companies they may be affiliated with. We'll probably use a lot of adult language because there's a lot of stories to talk about tonight and a lot of opinions to be had. Yes. So, yeah, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I am in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I think last time I did an episode with someone, I forget, I think I was in Dallas and Atlanta. I don't know. I do go back to Orlando on the weekend, so I was in Orlando until about seven hours ago, but mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, like you said, uh, you guys haven't done a podcast in a while. We haven't done a podcast in a while, and I've been traveling a lot for my new job. Legend is like on a cruise literally every other day, I think. Everyone else is just uh, super busy as well. Uh, I don't think we have on the news story here, but uh, Clint bought another FEC. Well, he didn't personally buy, but his company did. So he's busy trying to open a uh, um, rebrand another FEC in the Virginia area. So everyone's just been really busy. And I texted you. I was like, hey, you want to do a, a podcast? You're like, I kind of need one for my feed. I kind of need one for my feed. And we're like, all right, let's just do one. So we're going to do one tonight because there's tons to talk about. And somewhere down the middle, we're going to cut it. And I believe what you're hearing right now is probably going to be on the Parkscope feed. And then it's going to be like halfway through, we're going to be like, switch over in the loop and listen to the rest. So, yeah. So, Something like that. that yeah. That's how it's supposed to work. In theory, we'll see if it actually works out like that. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So when it becomes a bloated, like, three-hour mess that's on both both feeds, you'll know why. <laughs> it's because we just gave up. Yeah, so, I was like, yeah, screw it. So, yeah, I'm in Dallas. Uh, I had a little bit of in and out Burger here um, a couple hours ago, and I was thinking back to uh, um, the podcast series you and Alan did, what was, like, two years ago now, where you drove to Dallas, mm-hmm. and you ate at, like, every damn burger joint in the country on the way. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird kind of thing that just happened. Like, we didn't plan on doing that. No, it just kind of ended up happening. This, like, secondary storyline that took over. But uh, in the in and out, like, uh, I've been in Dallas pretty much every week for the last couple of weeks. and been passing in, in and out. It's, like, right by my uh, hotel. And I'm like, I got to go. I know it's not as great as I remember it. Burger was fine. Fries still, eh. So Fries that's are my, real bad. That's my – but the thing is – in Dallas here, you know, you go to the ones in California. I guess I'm always used to going to the ones by the airport or by Magic Mountain, and there's always, like, a line out the door. I walked in at, at like, 5 o'clock, and I was, like, the only person in there. So it's not a, <laughs> it's not as trendy here in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. But, it's not but yeah. Like, it's no Whataburger. No, I, I've never done a Whataburger, and I, I need to. I need to. They're all over. They're at the airport, uh, so maybe I'll, I'll get it on my way out. But – what about you? You're you're up in Pittsburgh. Uh, you were saying it's warm, but uh, you keep posting photos of like depressing snow. Yeah, it's been kind of this weird, random. Oh, like like a week ago, I think it was. It was like blizzarding, and today it's been 55 and and raining all day. So weather doesn't know what to figure out what's going on there. It's just like. I, I don't know. It's global warming and it's terrible and I'm having like thunderstorms outside my window right now. So <laughs> I have I have legit no idea. I have like <laughs> I have my summer wardrobe and my regular wardrobe out. I don't know what's going on. It's been yeah. a mess of weather. But the I mean like the good news is that 
I like all the the salt from my car has been washed off. So I don't need to get a car wash. That's kind of nice. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my weather update. It's just been kind of. I uh, speaking speaking of I last week when I was in Dallas, there was one day where I got down to like twenty nine. I was running out the door like I usually am, right on time. I go to turn on my car and the windshield's completely frosted over and there's no scraper <laughs> in the car. Oh no! So I literally I like open my wallet. And I'm like, all right, don't want to use my credit card. Don't want to use the corporate card. That would be bad. Uh, oh, my platinum pass from Cedar <laughs> Fair. That's from last year. I need a new one this year. I just start using that and I think I busted it. I, but, uh, I saw I, that. That was pretty great. <laughs> but it was one of those things too where. You know, it took me back to like um, where I was running late for school growing up in Detroit, and you just, you know, uh, scrape the little like six inch by six inch hole, mm-hmm. not the whole thing, because you don't have time. So you're just like driving in this very narrow line of vision. Luckily, as soon as I pulled out in the sun, it warmed up pretty quick. But yeah. Yeah. That's my. I- I remember when I lived in Richmond, Virginia, we had like a freak snowstorm and they sent everyone home like an hour early. And by freak snowstorm, I mean a like quarter of an inch, quarter of an inch, like barely sticking on the uh, – but you know enough that people were just like, ah. So the um, – I, w- I, I my car, you know, we had – I had a snow scraper in there because like I'm from Cleveland and like all my friends were like – Oh yeah, they were like trying to remove the snow like the best they could from their cars, and I just had the snow scraper, and I was just like loaning it out to people, and they've never like they're like, oh, thanks. It's just just totally random and weird. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, probably like, what is that contraption? This You're is a genius for making that out of a broomstick. <laughs> yeah, broomstick. Uh, you're making me sound like 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 I was like in the Great Depression or something, <laughs> not like 2005. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Oh, but yeah, no. The worst part about having all the weather change is like it just just totally screws up my sleep schedule because like the pressure changes and things feel hotter yeah. or colder, and it's just like like Sunday night I couldn't fall asleep at all, and it was just terrible. It was just the worst I can imagine. So, oh, all right. Do you want to get into some news? Well, you know. <laughs> That's a great transition. I know you said that on purpose because there's been a lot of the worst. Just like this off, man. What's going on this off season? I swear, like every day, uh, I check Twitter and I'm like, "Are you serious? Like this is happening?" As there hasn't has there been anything like I'm looking at our rundown right now. I think like we have like ten, twelve stories on here. Mm-hmm. One of them, two of them. Might be good. Everything else is like this broke, this broke, this broke, this is closed, this crash, this crash, literal crash, figurative crash, uh, out of left field, cheap as fuck. Like that, that's like a rundown. Yeah. So uh, um, we can start with uh, Six Flags, man. They they continue to spiral down. Um, I know, I know uh, you guys touched on on your last episode. We touched on ours when they announced the quarterly results. Stock price was somewhere around like mid thirties, and now it's like mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, the whole market, at least the travel sector, is really taking a hit right now because of the coronavirus. But Six Flags, man, it, it's spiraling down uh, fast. But I, I just want to kind of, you know, I, I've been digging into a little bit more, so this is more of like a, maybe a rant than a news story. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say I think the company's in a pretty good position. So because when you dig into it, the reason why they're down. Um, there are a lot of small things, but 
they attribute it to, obviously right now a lot of it is the coronavirus, but here's something that I, I kind of read um, uh, just the other day that they were saying that their Q4 results were down um, because Mexico, their Mexico City Park took a dive um, hmm. after that cr- uh, coaster crash. Remember that really bad one yeah. at Mexico City Park? Not the Six Flags Park, but the other one. They said ever since then, like, no one was coming to Six Flags Mexico. So, I mean, when you go, okay, their attendance for a company dove pretty bad in Q4 and Q3. And if it's truly a lot because of Mexico, well, that's not Six Flags' fault. So that doesn't make them a bad company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the other pieces is their China investor going kind of belly up. Well, that's not their fault. So um, it's just kind of interesting. I think more details are going to come out. But I think a lot of people are just kind of, paying, you know, I saw on Twitter the day, other day, someone's like, Six Flags is going to file for bankruptcy again. You know, Cedar Fair should buy them. It's like, well, actually, Cedar Fair... I believe last I checked had more debt than Six Flags, so they're probably a little closer to bankruptcy, but uh, cool. I know it's fun to hit on Six Flags. So uh, I just thought that was interesting that that came out the other day that like Mexico was really one of the driving forces. So, But mm-hmm. transition into our next story, uh, you know, like I was saying, coronavirus, man, that that's kind of taking everyone down right now, uh, the market-wise, even though Cedar Fair and SeaWorld and Six Flags have come out and said, hey, we don't expect much impact on our parks right now. I think for Disney and Universal, it's a big impact. It's going to hurt them for a while. I think, um, I mean, Disney, I think, is going to be really, really bad, really catastrophic um, in the theme park sector. I think Universal is going to have a hard time because, like, like the Jap- Japanese park, which is closed for two weeks, is, um, their, is their most popular park and probably one of the, the, the most profitable one, I, I'd yep. bet to say. So... You know, closing Shanghai, closing Hong Kong for like a month now, at least it feels like. Yeah, has been well, just catastrophic. And there's, you know, there's talk that Paris could be next, and it mm-hmm. sounds like Paris would be more of a kind of the Tokyo Disney because Tokyo Disney's closed as well. Yes. Um, but it, and that's more. I think China is more like reactive, like oh shit, this is going on. We need to do everything we can to like just stop it and contain it. Whereas Japan, and I think if it does, cl- if Disneyland Paris closes, I think that's a little bit more proactive. Of hey, let's not get a bunch of people to gather in one spot because that doesn't bode well. It was like just today, I, like not to get weird, but I was like at the airport, and there's still like dudes walking out of the bathroom without washing their hands. I'm like, come on, guys, come on. <laughs> the one guy was wearing a mask. I'm like, you're wearing a mask, but you can't wash your hands. Like, dude, come on, man. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be really interesting to see how it, it kind of shakes out. Now, do you think it will have any impact on the actual Orlando parks? I think it already is. I mean, I think one of the things that um, was brought up in the latest edition of the Disney Dish podcast with Jim and Len is that Disney, um, the, the, the com that, that Len runs and I work for, so shout out there, but they've been measuring uh, park operating hours for about 15 years now. And they went back and looked at the first Saturday of March, going back 15 years. And they've never seen park, like park hours as short as this coming Saturday. This coming Saturday is a 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. day. Yeah. Like even during the financial crisis, they were saying like hours were like, 
9 to 11 or 9 to midnight or 8 to 11 or something like that. They've never seen it this um I get I can tell you I worked I worked at Magic Kingdom during the financial crisis and let me tell you the rare 9 o'clock close where you got to go home uh at 9 o'clock or 9:30 that was so incredibly rare. Mhm. Yeah, and that's kind of what's insane is like I think we're seeing that already. Um you're just well, not you're not you, you're getting all, oops, sorry, you. No, I was going to say even just stepping away from the theme parks for a second. Um uh, what is it? Rise of Skywalker, whatever. What was the last, uh, the last Star Wars movie? Rise didn't of Skywalker. Do well as, didn't do as well as they hoped. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Disney doesn't have any blockbusters lined up for the summer. Whereas, like, what? Like last year, like they had uh, Aladdin. What? They had Aladdin. They had the, uh, the Marvel, uh, the Marvel movie. Um, Toy the big Story one. Four. Yeah. So. Like, Star Wars. I mean, they were, yeah, they were just stacked last year, and this year they really don't. And I think Disney Plus was a great like uh, boost in revenue probably in November, but no one's taught – I mean early in November and December, everyone was like Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Disney Plus. No one talks about Disney Plus anymore because there's nothing – like I haven't turned on Disney Plus since the last episode of The Mandalorian came out. And I think Disney – it's a real case of bad timing for Disney because of that. You know, if if they had another start, if uh, Skywalker was coming out this summer and Toy Story 4 was coming out this summer, and then they might be able to weather it a little bit better by having some crazy box office receipts. But I don't. I think they're going to get hit kind of from all over because of that. Yeah, uh, and uh, do you hear those old... <laughs> You know, we just got hit with the giant storm, and it was, like, really windy, and now there's, like... Do you hear that outside? It's my, uh... There's, like, a oh. fire truck going by. Oh, I barely, barely hear yeah, it, but yeah. Is, of course, of course. Um, But, yeah, so... Yeah, Disney Plus is incredible, because I remember before Disney Plus, there's, like, a certain subset of Disney fan where they cannot imagine people watch other things than Disney content. Like, it's just, I don't know if they're trying to trick themselves or they're trying to become a very niche product or something where they, like, it's, I don't know how to put it, but it's like this very weird kind of customer where they're like, Disney Plus is coming out. I can cancel my cable, my Netflix, my Hulu, like, you know, well, not Hulu, but my net, I can cancel my Netflix. I don't need to watch television anymore. I don't need this anymore, you know? And yeah. it's just this insane kind of comment. And there's a lot of that. There's like a lot of people just being like, Netflix is dead. <laughs> and it's like, what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> this is insane. So yeah, it's just been kind of weird that Disney Plus came and just kind of fizzled out. And I think Disney was smart in I mean, fizzled out in the way that it fizzles out after not having a lot of new content after six months. Yeah. I mean, um, everyone's still probably paying the monthly without even realizing it. Or or not even I, that. I, I got my my free Verizon one, but exactly free know. Verizon, or you bought the three year subscription at a high discount. Yep, yep. So they're they're probably still making money. I'm just more so talking from like the hype level. It died pretty fast. Uh, kind of once people, I mean, there's already been you know we're, we're, go we got like a million stories here. Uh, I could go down about Disney Plus for like 20 more minutes about I, I'm not a fan anymore. But anyways, Disney Company not in a lot, not doing. And I don't know if you saw. Uh, the news today, speaking of coronavirus in Orlando, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orange County Convention Center, um, a moderately sized convention uh, for an upcoming week or two, um, has pulled out. So I think it said there's been a couple other smaller ones that might have, but this was a little bit bigger one that has uh, pulled out and going to hold the conference online. And, you know, okay, that talks about, that's a little bit about Orlando tourism. What do we care about this podcast? It did mention that this um, event did buy out Universal for a night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's lost, right? I'm sure Universal still probably gained some kind of deposit or something from it, but those. Those kind of things, like, you know, on the surface, you might not be going, okay, the Orlando parks are closed. The Orlando parks aren't closing for the coronavirus, so it's not impacting them at all. But I think on the back side where you do see stuff like that, where we don't know how many nights Universal has been bought out over the next month that the conventions are canceling, that they're having to, that they're no longer bought out. And that's some serious, serious money for them. Or how much, you know, Lowe's allows you to cancel up to a week beforehand. Like, like how many hotels are being canceled right now? Like, so I'm yep. going, I'm going down for my buddy's wedding in April and I, I'm not worried about Corona because I am getting into a good habit of washing my hands using, um, you know, alcohol based, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, stuff like that. Um, uh, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, a, a few months ago I looked, I'm like, okay, well I'm going to be here for a really popular weekend. How much would it cost for me to stay on property? And, the, like the on property prices were ridiculous. It was like 189 bucks to a night to stay at Cabana Bay or something like that in like a regular room. I'm like f this. Today, <laughs> today I'm like, hmm. I want to go check and see how much it costs to stay at Universal this weekend. Um, Cabana Bay prices went down fifty dollars a night, and they have openings for um, uh, endless summer dockside starting at 109 dollars a night. Wow. So, and this is like right after Easter. So that means I think people are starting to cancel or blocks are opening or something, but yep. some, something's happening. And it's, um, and, and also um, I saw uh, on, on, um, on Twitter, uh, someone mentioned that they're starting to, Disney's starting to send out deals for late April, early May for like $60 a night at All Star Sports. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of not great. <laughs> I, I mean, it's great for us. It's not great if you care about, you know, if you're Bob Chapek or if you're a you know a pencil pusher. You're it's not great for you, but for for us, I would book a sixty dollar a night, you know, hell yeah, <laughs> all star re- resort stay and do some dumb stuff. But like, damn, like if it gets to the point where like. Like endless summers, like eighty bucks a night. Like I was seeing, like I could crash in my buddy's place, yeah, or I could stay at endless summer for eighty dollars a night. Like, why not? So yeah, no, I mean, it's only going to benefits uh, us uh, until I look at my uh, my bank account and realize I am a shareholder, and then that's all. <laughs> yeah. Until you look at your four hundred one k and go, oh, where did all the yeah. money go? <laughs> yeah, uh, staying at Universal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your born uh, stun show before this news came out? What was your hype level on a scale of one to ten for this show? Uh, mine was pretty high because I heard stuff about it. Um, yeah, that's cheating. That's cheating. yeah, that's cheat. That's cheating. Um, so before before I really heard anything about it, I was kind of middle of the road because I'm like, okay, this sounds pretty cool and it sounds interesting and different. Um, 
So I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt of what it could be. Um, I never believed it was going to be the Walking Dead walkthrough like some people were swearing it was. I never thought it was going to be some sort of like uh, musical stage show. Excuse me, musical stage show. Because there are people who are like, oh, it's going to be a sing attraction. Or, oh, it's going to be Wicked in the parks or something, you know. And I never thought that was going to happen. Um, so I was always kind of like optimistic about it. Then when I what I heard about it, I got really, really pumped based on that. And then do you want to talk about what was released last yeah, week? So, yeah. So uh what was your I hype say, level? Okay, on a scale of one to ten, probably like a five. That's um, fair. and that's yeah. ma- that's mainly I do like you know, disclaimer, I do like the Bourne movies. I think they're pretty uh, I, I kind of like James Bond and Bourne, so I kind of like the kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, okay, like if it was a, maybe a different IP, maybe like a three. But the uh, big article came out um, talking about the technology behind it and the same technology they used on the Mandalorian filming. There's some really great articles on that as well. It's basically talking about how using these giant screens and, uh, you know, it's funny because we give Universal so much shit for using screens on everything. But this is like the most badass screens out there. And I don't Mm -hmm. really know exactly how to describe it, but it's screens that really can detail like depth perception. Yeah. And they like like interact with physical elements and move all at the same time very choreographed to basically it's basically a backdrop that's that looks like it's real yeah the um uh, so what the example is that with the mandalorian these are like high density high contrast high brightness screens that basically look like you're in some place like like legitimately in some place and this show is using a large, large version of that, um, kind of like right where the T2 screen used to be, the 3D one, the projection screen. Um, so it would be like right in that area. And it looks incredible because of the brightness of the, the, the screen itself and also the high density. So like there was a scene where it looks like it's a like a low energy kind of scene, but what it is was a fist fight. And there's like a crowd in the background, like cheering people on and stuff. And it wasn't until like you saw it from an angle that you realize that, oh my god, that's not that's not a crowd. That's actually <laughs> on the screen. Yeah, like it's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, just I think the best way to frame it up, like the Mandalorian, when you see like some of those uh, scenes, I think it's like the opening scene of the uh, the first episode where it's just like him on like an icy planet, I believe, or like a desert planet, and it's just like endless like desert and ice and he's walking around that's all just him standing on like a green box in the middle of this like you know 180 screen that just he rotates the screen rotates or stuff like that mm-hmm. it just i it's really hard to kind of describe but if you google like mandalorian screen or you look up this born article uh, i i highly recommend it if you're any kind of tech nerd because it is just it looks really cool and it makes me go okay like this show could actually be pretty decent yeah and then did you see the uh, – they showed some brief glimpses of the show from uh, – during the third hour of the Today Show last week. I, I did see a little bit of that. And I mean it, it, I'm all for like – I'm a sucker for like stunt shows and shows in general just because it's uh, – I'm lazy and I like to sit down for a few minutes. So I like a good little uh, little show. So I think it looks fun. I, 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 get, I don't get why everyone's shitting on it so much. I, I think it will probably be – a Probably be one of the better theme park shows out there. Mm-hmm. So especially it's really... that Aladdin is closed at DCA. Like that was the top show, mm-hmm. and you know, so 
Yeah, what, what's really cool about it is that um, from the Today Show preview is that they're using um, like actual physical sets and the physical set, like the the example they used was of like it looked like a Moroccan or kind of like a yeah, like a tower, or like something. a tower scene. And what it was was like it was a a a, a rooftop chase, and on the screen there was a rocket launcher launch, and the guy jumps from the tower to safety, and the tower, which is physical, collapses on stage. Um. You know, it's not like this crazy thing, but it's, you know, it's like a still a stunt show. It's got like, you know, whatever. But, you know, there's that. And there's another one where he's climbing this large tower and it rotates as the camera's rotating. And also the the LED lighting fixtures they have project different colors. Like, like you're a camera rotating around this tower. So, like, the sunset goes from, you know, being in front of you to behind you to, like, so like all these different colors and textures and lights kind of just like make it look like you're turning with this tower. It's 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 incredible. Yeah, it, it, that that whole tower piece is just so well done. It, it's it, I guess the the closest thing in the parks you can currently describe it compared to is like when you're in Spider-Man and like the the famous he jumps on the the ladder and but he's projected and the ladder is real and just that kind of mm-hmm. seamless seamless uh you know play between the projection and real life sets it's going to be this tenfold oh yeah and th- and that's kind of what's the most impressive um is just like it's kind of doing that blend again that um was that we were discussing before. But yeah, it's 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 just gonna be really super impressive. I'm 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 excited for it. Um, but it, it, one of the thing, one of the comparisons I saw, and one of the things they had was, um, it was a chase, and it's a chase that was on, um, that's basically on vehicles in the, uh, on stage, and it's almost like they're driving the vehicles, and. The, uh, the the screen is so high density it makes it look like you're watching a car chase like from the side. Um, and one of the things I wanted to bring up was that <laughs> they announced that the new Cirque du Soleil show at, um, at, at at the Luxor is called Run, and it's closing after six months of operation. And they had and they basically did this. They uh, had this kind of like action adventure kind of show, this actiony show, and it just kind of never found an audience. And I just found it interesting that Bourne's opening and uh, this run at Luxor is closing. Um, I think they're closing. Maybe Universal's Universal getting a sweet deal on secondhand screens. Maybe I think it's uh, closing on March thirty first, and I think Bourne may be opening the second week in April. Um, Ooh, nice! I didn't realize. I thought it was more like summer. That. News to me. That's really exciting because I'll still be probably going back and forth to Orlando at that point. Yeah, they had um, uh, what was it? They were going to originally open it, I believe, next week, and then they decided to change uh up some of the stuff in the show at the last minute. So they are retooling the show, um, one last time, and then they'll debut it, uh, probably in in, in early April or sometime in that time frame. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you, you added this next story on here. Uh, yes. Well, what's this about? So Universal likes to do this every once in a while 
where they kind of just do like a blog post about what kind of new foods coming to the resorts. Um, today, uh, they did a news post about a, the new food and drinks at Endless Summer Dockside. Um, if you've been or heard about the food at Endless Summer Surfside, um, they kind of have like a more beachy vibe going. Um, but all the entrees are under $12, which, you know, is pretty good for a resort um, or a hotel. Um, but what, what I want to mention is a few things that they have a bunch of, um, of new interesting options, which are kind of kind of cool. They have a uh, breakfast burrito. They have a chicken and waffles sandwich. Yeah, that looks so good. Yeah, they have, um, so good. They have avocado toast, which, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Um, it looks like it's just a giant honking piece of toast with a bunch of avocados and, uh, tomatoes on it and stuff. Uh, they have like this weird kind of like egg frittata thing. Um, it, lo- it looks interesting, but you know, it is what it is. Um, they also have a, for lunch, they have a fish and chips platter, which I assume is going to be under $12 also, which I'm interested in how they're going to pull that one off. Cause fish and chips is usually like 14 or 15 bucks in the parks. So I want I want to know how they're gonna knock that price down a little bit. Um, Probably just volume. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what uh, you look at. I was at Disney Springs the other night, and Guy Fieri's Chicken Place. I mean, the line's out the door no matter what time it is, and it's like that chicken's not great, but uh, it's everyone's there because it's it's the only thing at Disney Springs like you can get a meal for under ten bucks. Like yeah, yeah. Um, uh, not, anyways, another. Another lunch and dinner option they have is the Dock Worker Wrap, which is pastrami with Swiss cheese, coleslaw, and French fries in it. So it kind of reminds me of a of a Permani Brothers rest, uh, a sandwich, but in a wrap. Um, they also have burgers. Uh, again, you know, twelve dollars or less. I think they have a a hoagie with salami, uh, capicola, suppressata provolone you know a bunch of stuff like that stuffed shells which sounds good and also they have a chicken and waffles bucket so it's now the the difference with this is i believe this is my pet peeve with chicken and waffles mm-hmm. i want chicken and waffles to be boneless so i can cut in and get both the the chicken and the waffle at the same time it looks like that's the case for breakfast but it looks like for dinner it is regular fried chicken with some like a fried chicken bu- bucket with a couple pieces of waffle stuck in but still yes. i mean to be able to have uh, a bourbon bacon maple sauce or a sunny hot, a southern hot, excuse me, or spicy bar. I mean, you got some great options there. Mm-hmm. And I then, and what's also cool <laughs> is they have a um, an indoor bar now, a lobby bar. Um, and it's called, I, I think it's called uh, the Sunset Lounge. And it's going to have a bunch of beers on tap. Um, I think the, 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 the concept art had like 20 taps or something crazy like that. Um, one of them is a uh, their own beer, which is a mango blonde, uh, which I assume is made by Florida Beer Company, like all their other ones. Um, but they also have mixed cocktails that are all named after Wet and Wild rides. So they, that is, I did not re- realize that, but that is awesome. Yes, they have the Bubba Tub and the Mach Five, are two of the drinks that they gave a example examples of. Um, they also have the drop anchor, the shore thing, uh, the red sky at night. And also now this is the big one. This is the one that I, oh, and also they have a drink. The disco H2O is a drink they have. 
R.I.P. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. I think you know you gotta I, I name love it. it. Because nine, I like when parks do this because they realize that okay, ninety nine percent of the people who order these drinks are not going to get it, but the one percent that gets it is going to really appreciate it. Yeah, um, the big, big, big thing, literally and figuratively, at sunset is the Bubba Tub, which is a signature thirty two ounce dockside bucket that uh, that you can upgrade all cocktails to, and it includes like this like candy kind of straw it looks like or a candy kind of like thing in it and it's just this dockside in and sweets it looks like almost like a um kind of like a miniature ice bucket or a sand bucket yeah it's it's, it's like candy (laughs) yeah it's 32 ounces of whatever cocktail you want and it's an upgrade and i'm just like that's insane (laughs) and i'm definitely going to be getting one of those i don't know when i don't know how but I'll, i'll get one so yeah, I'm I'm kind of interested. Um, I don't think the food execution at um, I don't think the food execution at the um, at, at uh, Surfside was very well done. I thought it was kind of meh. So I'm going to be interested to see how the food execution is done here. I think it was kind of like a big talk, but not a lot of actual substance. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on with the food at universal's uh endless summer dockside nice nice i i I was watching i was scrolling through while you were reading about that and it's like man the food looks pretty good i give them credit yeah it does look good yeah or at least they can take good photos of food that's half the battle yeah that's true uh uh, all right speaking of waterish parks we'll use that kind of a transition the uh american dreams water park is finally opening after months and months of delays. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, you hit me with what's the average price for Volcano Bay? I think it's eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. I was going to say Disney water parks are somewhere in that neighborhood as well. I think, I think they're like ten or twenty bucks cheaper, but yeah, roughly. So, what would you say if I told you a water park was priced at ninety nine dollars? That's a little steep. Um, that is, yeah. Deep. That is really, really steep, and that is what the DreamWorks Madagascar DreamWorks. I guess it's just every all the DreamWorks characters. That is what the DreamWorks water park will be charging when they open it up here and give it about a week and a half. And ninety nine dollars for those ten years in age or older. But if you want to save money, go for the last uh, two hours prior to park closing. How much do you think it is? Uh, twenty bucks. $74. Oh, wow. You can save a whopping $25. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. Now, I will say this water park looks fantastic. It, like the the water coaster like circles the entire building. I mean, it looks like I'm not going to say I almost said you'll get your money's worth, but you're not going to get your money's worth. <laughs> it, it does look extremely, extremely good. I just... Man, that is a lot of money for a water park. A mm-hmm. lot of money for a water park. And they've been getting torn apart on social media for it. And they, they, they've been responding to people with this statement. DreamWorks Water Park is a year-round family vacation experience. Just minutes outside New York City. We are dedicated to creating an intimate, unmatched guest experience that rivals traditional warm weather destinations indoors. It's like, yeah, no shit, it's going to be intimate because there's going to be no one there. I mean, <laughs> the, the, 
and you know for those playing at home uh, about the whole american dream thing the you know the theme park opened what was it like mid november or late late uh, late october the uh, snow complex the indoor skiing opened i believe in early december now mm-hmm. this is opening and the mall itself was supposed to open i think like literally like today like the first week of march or something and now there's talk of a lot of the key stores, there's going to be a lot of stores that are going to be opening, I think, in the next month or two. But it sounds like there's going to be a lot, of, a good batch of the stores mm-hmm. and restaurants are not going to be open until the fall, like summer or fall. So it's like, you know, and it's crazy because this, you know, I know we've talked about it on, you know, when we did podcast together, you guys talked about it, we've talked about it on ours. Like this should be the easiest success story of all time. Like build a badass indoor complex next to new york city it should be packed every day and it's like every time we turn around the corner they're fumbling something else with this like delayed openings or pricing or i mean there was a you know for those keeping track of you know should you go for the uh, the theme park yet not all the rides are open yet and in the one article that came out the other day it said that uh several more had been recently certified but there are still several they're not even ready to be certified yet Mm-hmm. The park's been open six months, so um, you know, not not great. It looks fun. The water park looks great, but ooh, ninety nine dollars, man. And that's like I understand. Like, yeah, sure, you need it to be a little more expensive because, hey, like you're near New York City, you're you share a parking lot with what? What's the sports team? Like what? What football team? Uh, the Giants was it? The Giants and the Jets. Giants and the Jets. So like, yeah, you're there. Um, like I understand like why you would price yourself as a premium, but like $99 feels like more of a premium. Like, like I think they would be getting shit if they price themselves like Disney, which is, I just checked 69 nice dollars a day for a water park ticket. Um, but like, I don't know guys, like Volcano Bay is 80 bucks. This is $19 more. That's, I mean, I I don't know. And when you look at like Splish Splash on Long Island, now, Grand, this is out on Long Island. Uh, I think it's a, a pretty decent drive out on Long Island. It's not like right, uh, right across the island, uh, right across from Manhattan. It's it's decent way out there. Mm-hmm. But Splish Splash is usually regarded as one of the the better and bigger seasonal outdoor water parks, and they are charging, according to their website. Weekday forty five, weekend uh, forty eight bucks, and that's the online discount at the gate. It's forty eight and fifty one. So you're talking, you can go all day on the weekend at you know one of. The, I've never been, but I'm just going off what people said. I know Legend talks about it a lot. You know, uh, one of these better water parks. That's what you're going on, and I, I'm not even going to have to look up Six Flags. I can tell you, Six Flags is nowhere near hundred dollars. <laughs> you can get, you can get the Diamond Elite Platinum Plus probably for almost that price, and go to every damn water park they own. You know, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. Um, do you think it works? At like, are we crazy? Like, there's money in New York City. It, will it work at that? And like, are they going for the Discovery Cove vibe of twenty people in the park, or do you say by I don't know, like March? It, it'll, First day tickets are available is March 19th. Do you think by, like, March 25th there's going to be some pretty big deals? I think um, they'll have a different pricing for the summer. 
because I think there's going to be more people who who won't want to be oh. indoors. So like I think the winter pricing is going to be more expensive, obviously. And maybe yeah, they're and yeah. maybe they're in that winter pricing phase. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see like if they said, okay, hey, the week between Christmas and New Year's, ninety nine bucks. Like hell yeah, charge that. Like you got the entire you know area out of school. It's going to be mm-hmm. cold as hell. Like people are it, visiting. But, yeah, exactly. It, it'll be interesting. So. Yeah, and then I can imagine for summer they may duck it down to like that sixty, fifty, sixty dollar price range. You know, just to attract yeah. people in. Like, hey, this one's closer. It's brand new. Yeah, sure, it's indoors versus outdoors, but it's you know just a little bit more. So I could I could yep. see them doing variable pricing that way. Yep, um, moving from ninety nine dollars to free. Uh, Cedar Point started the big uh, lifetime ticket of a lifetime giveaway this week and. I'm super excited because uh, if you're a resident of New York or Florida, you're ineligible to register for it. Mm-hmm. But I will soon be a resident of the great state of Georgia. Yeah. And be eligible. But <laughs> I, I'm telling you this because if you're like out there, you're like, yeah, I'm never going to win. I didn't realize this until uh, I started seeing a lot of people post about this. So I wanted to share the tip. It sounds like when you do register, there is tons and tons of uh, instant win style prizes mm-hmm. or like you win, you know, the weekly giveaways and such. They're doing a lot of fun things. I think like you could get, you know, the park opened in 1870. So, you know, one of the instant wins is I believe ability to purchase tickets for, uh, uh, $18 and 70 cents. And then there's like, um, something to do with 2020, like buy tickets at $20 and 20 cents. Um, it's saved $20 lot, and 20 cents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th- I'm just, you know, if you, if you're like me and you kind of wrote it off, eh, I'm never going to win, whatever. Um, go over to their website, check it out or register, sign up, try to win. And you know, uh, you might get some instant wins. Uh, I, I've been seeing in some Facebook groups, uh, a lot of people winning actual like, Tickets like you know a full day free ticket um, that they're like hey I got a pass but I won the free ticket who wants it so um, definitely worth checking out there yeah on um, they uh, so their instant win prizes are the ticket of a lifetime uh, two free admissions to Cedar Point uh, no a free two day admission I'm sorry to Cedar Point free single day admission to Cedar Point buy one get one admission to Cedar Point the uh, anniversary admission at the price of eighteen seventy as you said. And then save 2020 for the 2020 Cedar Point admission. So it's all – there's like a bunch of different options. It sounds like it goes from most valuable to least valuable. Um, what's, yeah. also, what's also interesting is um, on the website they list the, uh, the winners of the week. And also they, when you apply, you enter – you vote in a poll. And each one – and in each poll, uh, they've been updating them and saying like, hey, this is what you – know, this is what won – and last week was like something about like the most thrilling ride at the at the point, and it Millennium Force won. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Millennium Force might be my favorite ride at the park. Uh, what about Steel Vengeance? Uh, Steel Vengeance is absolutely the best roller coaster in the world, but uh, it, it's it's a it's a close for me, and that's I will be the first to admit it's sentimental reasons of being a Cedar Point fanboy and. Um, Following, Millennium Force was like the f- one of the first coasters I really followed from like Screamscape posting rumors back in like 98 about it and like really following the entire progression of it. So mm-hmm. um, plus it just looks so damn big and it's uh, that's what she said. Um, you know, and uh, it's just I think it's a great ride. I know I'm going my 
Twitter messages are going to get filled up now from that. But um, I, I still think for a lot of people, it does look so damn intimidating. Um, and that's one thing, like, you know, when uh, looking at Iron Gwazi and comparing it to Steel Vengeance, they're about the same height, but Iron Gwazi looks so much more intimidating because of that, like, open structure mm-hmm. i think if they would have done that treatment and now you would have lost the part of steel vengeance where you're weaving through the structure which is really awesome but i think if they would have gave it like the uh iron quasi treatment i think then a lot of people would think it's a lot more intimidating side side rant there but that's my hmm. two cents on it yeah interesting yeah no i'm just uh I don't know. I, I just love Steel Vengeance so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I, I'm ready. I know we talked last time we did an episode. Uh, you're going in a few months, and I'm trying to figure out why I'm going to get back up there. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Yep. Bought all, I, speaking I, of, I, I bought all my tickets, so I'm good to go. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of, I, I'm just like uh, maybe a couple miles down the road from Six Flags over Texas, and I've had, driven past there a few times in the last couple weeks of being here and like oh man texas giants need that need some good rmc um mm-hmm. but moving on uh, i know you guys talked about it we talked about it indiana beach um there was a, a swirl of activity last week uh well one on on saturday a bunch of people picketed outside the park trying to save it not to sound rude but not sure what that's gonna do good luck guys. uh Good luck. I, good good effort, I guess. Uh, but last week, uh, were you following along this with like real time, like literally real time updates? Uh, it started. Fun Spot posted a photo of John Airy Jr. on the local news, uh, doing something about you know uh, plugging one of his upcoming events. And in the comments, someone's like, "He shouldn't even be on the news." He should be in Indiana looking to buy Indiana Beach. And like literally Fun Spot responded was like, he's actually on a plane right now. He just <laughs> landed in Atlanta and is boarding his second flight to Indianapolis. He's due to land in like an hour and a half. And like I didn't know we needed his real time updates, but okay. And that just exploded. And this is in the comments section. And uh, I mean I think everyone instantly was like, Well, Fun Spot's gonna buy the park, Fun Spot. I think they were going up there to look at rides. But oh yeah, uh, I don't think there's any way that I think uh, the John Airy uh, John Airy family uh, junior and senior. I think they want parks that they can be. You know, Atlanta's a, a 45 minute flight or you know six hour drive. Well, they're on the southern end of Atlanta, so like five and a half hour drive maybe. Uh, I think they want stuff that they can be close to. Mm-hmm. But regardless, they uh, like a day or two later. Um, they issued a, I'm not going to read the big statement, but they issued, you know, I, I thought it was kind of neat. They came forward on their social channels and, you know, said, hey, fans of Indiana Beach, look, we looked at it. It just doesn't fit in, you know, what, you know, they're, they're very kind of loose on the details, but basically just saying, uh, you know, throwing some kind words about Indiana Beach, hoping that, uh, that it, you know, has a future, but it just didn't fit what they were trying to look for. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that kind of created quite the swirl there, but, you know, who knows? Um, maybe they did at least walk away with a coaster. Hopefully, or some flat rise or something. Something. Who knows? Um, so uh, next up on the list here, uh, King's Dominion. Going back to Richmond. We were talking about Richmond, Virginia earlier. Going back to your own, old neck of the woods. My old did home you hear park. About the, yeah. 
downgrade. Do you yeah. hear about this? Yeah. So what's going on? Is this like actually what's happening or is this something else? Because what I heard was so, that, that it's being placed where the crypt was. Correct. And the wing – well, so KD fans, which is like the sister site to BGW fans that knock it out of the park on everything Bush Gardens related. So you kind of got to yeah, trust their track s- a little bit there. Step over WWNT. These guys are like the legit – these are they, they, yeah, and they came out. Of, you know, we've been hearing for a while the Monster Jam co- uh, coaster concept a few years ago at like IAPA, and I've always heard through the grapevine that they were testing the monster. You know, the monster truck events in the parks mm-hmm. um, were both for having an event, but also kind of to test the public's reaction to it. And then they were going to figure out, okay, what parks respond really well, and they were going to add that Monster Jam coaster to it. And apparently that was slated for King's Dominion. Uh, KDW, KDW, KD fans released, uh, you know, found blueprints or something where uh, of that plan for 2021. And now apparently that is shelved because they're going to be investing in a 40 free spin for where the crypt uh, was or is and it's being removed. So downgrade from B&M Wing Coaster, which it was going to be a smaller one to a 4D free spin, which is strange because we have not seen these, at least in the U.S., outside of a Six Flags park, I believe. So this will be the first time we're seeing outside there. Do you think it's a good fit? What do you you feel about the the, the switch from wing coaster to... I mean, maybe we'll still see the wing coaster. It just might be a few more years. But what do you think about um, Kings Dominion going free free spin? It's... Yeah, I think this is like the first SNS product Cedar Points bought since God the Screaming Swing. I was trying to I was trying to figure that out. Uh, I was trying to figure that out earlier because um, I know like uh, they were going back and forth there for a while. It's like um, Skyhawk at Cedar Point was essentially super yeah, Skyhawk, heavily discounted. Uh, Skyhawk, yeah, it was uh, well, it is a Screaming Swing, but uh, super heavily discounted after Vertigo fell over. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who can forget that? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Skyhawks always had issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I was trying to figure out when was the last S and S ride that Cedar Fair added. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, here's some some tea for you. Okay, I've heard through the grapevine that. Um, that maybe part of the reason why it was shelved is it was downgraded so that the money could be better spent at other parks. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, like look at it this way. You, you go, you know, let's just spitball some numbers. A B&M wind coaster is probably costing you $20 million these days. Easy. Uh, easy. You know, if not 25, and these free spin things, especially if you bought a couple of them, they're probably like, eight to 10 million. So I don't, what you have to remember is they're not going to be like, Oh, we're saving $10 million here. Let's just put it back in the bank. They allocate, they, they try to spend the same amount of money on uh, capital expenditures every year. So basically if you're downgrading from BNM wing coaster to go to a free spin, that money is essentially having to get reallocated somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thought is, they're going to go in and 
buy two or three of these free spins and you're going to see parks like, I don't know if Dorney would because that's a little too close to Great Adventure, but you're going to see maybe like a Valley Fair or a Worlds of Fun um, pick up uh, a new coaster for the first time in a long time. Um, if not a free spin, a, a smaller maybe coaster, maybe like a, you know, a, a Railblazer or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I could see them taking that, you know, instead of going, okay, hey, Kings Dominion doesn't really need a $25 million coaster. Let's just spend $25 million and spread that out across a couple of parks. Yeah, no, notice which park you did not mention in that list. Michigan Adventures? Exactly. <laughs> hey, they are technically kind of somewhat getting a new coaster this year. So Kind of, maybe, somewhat. If they move, move like 100 yards, I don't know. Yeah, yeah uh, no. Uh, but... But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that that shakes out. Um, so, do there. You think, I mean, so do you think they're actually going to be? Do you think they're actually going to build something to replace the volcano plot, or or is that just I don't a, think is, so. you think that's just delayed, or is this that is that like off the cards now? I think that's probably off the cards now. Um, I mean, the nice thing for them about that plot is you know you can put up a couple of trees and it's there's nothing behind it. Or, I mean, you can kind of see it from avalanche a little bit, but. It's not like if you were to remove, uh, like, uh, Italian job stunt coaster in the, it's not Italian job anymore, stunt backlot stunt coaster in the park there, you'd be like, well, what's that big open spot of land? That kind of looks weird. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's probably shelf for the time being. I mean, we know that traditionally King's Dominion has not performed extremely well when adding new coasters that's why they went from what 2010 to um uh, with intimidator to all the way up till what just a couple years ago 20 yeah that's why they went so no, long 2018 2018 yeah because the reception to intimidator was attendance wise you know uh not i think a lot of people think it's a great ride um mm-hmm. attendance wise was pretty lackluster so they've always been tr- kind of traditionally a little bit hesitant to spend on coasters there because the market hasn't reacted to it. And it, I mean, it's really interesting. I, I, I joked in our, in our group chat, in the loop group chat, uh, the other day, it's like 2021, the year of gimmick roller coasters coming to Virginia. Cause it's like, <laughs> you know, like you got the weird ass thing where, you know, we've all been talking about coming to Bush gardens. You got this thing coming in 21. So I don't know, maybe part of it, it also was just like, okay, we threw out a wind coaster here, but Bush Gardens, you know, we're going to spend $25 million on a coaster, but every news story and every, you know, oh my God, will you ride this Facebook article in the greater Richmond, D.C. area is going to be about this 400 foot tall or 300, whatever height it is, uh, coaster at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose, so might as well lose less. That's fair, but like, I still think that sucks for the people who are that's, their home park or their favorite park is just like you lost volcano, and um, and, and, and the crypt, crypt and the crypt for a SNS free spin, which is like oof. And you'll ooh, probably lose, you'll probably lose Anaconda here soon too. That's insane that they're losing Anaconda. That just seems nuts to me. But yeah, well, you yeah, I mean you have to think it's days are numbered. You know, I got maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, vortexes were so who knows. Yeah. Um, all right. So more details. Uh, we talked about Indiana Beach a minute ago. Fantasy Island. Now, um, Alan, uh, it's funny because Alan's tweets uh, have been like being quoted in articles all over the place because 
it, he even said it in one of his own tweets where he's like, I don't know why no one in New York or in Indianapolis like did the any journalists did the research and didn't realize that hey the park doesn't own the land. So now these journalists like the Orlando Weekly article was like quoting Allen's tweets where he was the one who dug up that the parks are not owned by. It's like that's cool. Good job, Alan. Shout mm-hmm. outs to you. But I can't believe no one else who gets paid to do that figure that out. But regardless, um, some more details came out about Fantasy Island, and it's not good. You know, if you if you're holding on hope for Fantasy Island or Indiana Beach, I I just say give it up. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but um, Apex, it, from what it sounds like, this wasn't just a. Eh, these aren't making money. Let's close it. It's like, oh shit, we have zero dollars. We're not. I mean, they're not paying their taxes. Um, and the article, <laughs> you know, the article, a great way to run a business. Don't pay your taxes. Yeah, the, the article, um, which it's ironic that all the local governments like we have to save this park. It's like, well, maybe you should go after Apex to pay their 2019 tax bill that they're now a month late on. Whoops. Um, but I guess they're collecting interest, so who knows? Uh, but the article came out the other day about Fantasy Island, and it gave us a little bit more background on you know the state of affairs. It wasn't just a hey, we're losing money, but the uh, the old general manager of the place was kind of like uh, dishing out and saying that hey, look, every his exact quote was the credit. Uh, this is what he um, a quote from the paper. It says he said they that the creditors are calling the shots right now. It's a very complex situation, so that's why the rides are for sale. They're owned by one creditor, and the land underneath the park is owned by a mortgage lender. So there's a lot of parties involved, and that's about as much as they disclose to me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just... I, it's, it's When you're seeing, hearing about, hey, fun spots coming up, and, you know, or, hey, can this... you know There's an article the other day. It's like, Joe Joe Bob's carting, you know, racetrack in Pigeon Forge was like, I'm going to buy Indiana Beach. Yeah, maybe on the surface it looks like, hey, it's, I can go in and buy this theme park and spend money and turn on the rides <laughs> and it runs. But then you realize it's like, well, wait a minute. If creditors are involved, that means they're delinquent on a lot of things. You're not just means, you're not just swap, swapping in and just like yeah you're you're not just it's not like you're buying a house and you're just writing a check and be like all right here's the check give me the keys to Indiana Beach you're give me the keys to Fantasy Island you're gonna have to pay off some pissed off creditors you're gonna have to pay back taxes mm-hmm. and uh, you know there's also this mortgage lender that they sold to that you know which is only a few years old so the mortgage lender is probably gonna want a lot of money you know those deals only work if they they held on to the land for a while so. Um, it doesn't look good there. Yeah, it's it's looking pretty bad. Yeah, but hey, we got a good new one of the few good news stories of the week. Ooh, yeah. Uh, this one goes out to you, our friend uh, Kenny mm-hmm. in the loop, Kenny, um, who uh, when he lost fantasy football last year, we sent him to the Dakotas, to North Dakota. We thought it was a joke, and he he would never have to go back to the Dakotas at all. But guess what? We're all going to want to go to Dakotas this year. Why is that? An RMC <laughs> is coming to South Dakota. Sioux Falls. <laughs> Sioux Falls. And I, I think I was messaging Alan about this. Uh, like, It's crazy that one of the most curveball and exciting news stories of the offseason 
Because, like, yeah, yeah, Orion's great, but, you know, basically it's not something we haven't seen before. And I I guess this is a clone, but this is just so off the wall. It's crazy that, like, the most crazy news stories about some random park in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, buying an RMC. It's basically a clone of – it's – by all accounts, is they bought that deal that everyone was talking about. I Apple like the four hundred thousand dollar off. I app a special buy in the next twenty <laughs> minutes and they'll take money off deal. And yeah, this like tiny little it's basically a water park with a couple of rides, I think, is buying uh buying this buying this coaster. Um and I I'm trying to pull it up right now where um of course uh, I, I don't have that window up. Uh but the best thing is, it, it, it came out that they did this because they filed permits with the city. So, you know, that's usually the dead giveaway. This is Wild Water West Water Park. <laughs> okay. And yeah. the, the letter from Francis Phillips, the GM, is great. This makes me love the park even better. Um, you know, he's basically saying, hey, uh, this may allow the park to extend its operating season because we have more dry rides. So that, you know, helps you guys. Um, and he's like attaches the documents for it, uh, and then and, you know basically goes on like, hey, you, if you want to ride any kind of roller coaster, you got to go all the way to Minneapolis, you got to go to Denver, to Kansas City, or you know, there's nothing in this, so this could really put us on the map. But here's mm-hmm. the best quote of this whole letter. He goes, so I'll read the full paragraph. This is uh, the GM. You'll have to travel to Minneapolis to the east, Denver to the west, Kansas City to the south. Or Canada and North to see a roller coaster of this magnitude. Yes, it is a risk, but it's a risk worth taking in our opinion. I can only guess what an attraction of this size in this area would do to a local economy drawing in people from far and wide. <laughs> in conclusion, we consider this to be a flagship attraction for the city of Sioux Falls and clearly a destination location to complement all the other fine attractions offered in our region. I just love how he's like, yeah, we know it's a risk. Yeah. But it's worth taking and like, Listen, I love some RMC, but that's going to be the flagship attraction for the city. I, I don't know about that. I, I think it, I mean it sounds like um so, sounds like Lyle Landley from The Simpsons selling the monorail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, but, you don't want this other city to get uh, the, this RMC, do you? You know, <laughs> it put them on the you map. Don't, you don't want Bismarck to get put on the map even more than they did. Yeah, you don't want Splish Splash. Uh, Whatever super slide in Bismarck. I don't know. Uh, this RMC Raptor sounds more like a Bismarck idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so here's the thing. I was like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. Like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, and I looked at this park. Now, Joe, we like drinking. Yes. The lazy river in this park has a swim up bar in it. It's not like water water parks that there's like a, a swim up bar. Literally. Lazy River, you know, you picture Lazy River like an old yeah. going around the park. At one spot, there's a spur line from the Lazy River that goes into like a 50 foot by 50 foot pool area that's a bar. So you can literally be floating down the Lazy River and just float right in up to the bar. Up, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm empty. I need to go top uh, up. <laughs> I'll see you guys in about 20 minutes and take the yeah, left. <laughs> pick, pick, pick me up on the next lap. It's basically like, uh, like uh, like NASCAR, like you going for the pit stop, like you just going for the pit stop <laughs> for the beer, you know. It's exactly uh, what it is. Get so your, like get I your margarita. Like, I, I so that's the thing. I was like, I'm looking. I'm like, this, this park looks awesome. Now I want to go. And uh, 
plus it's only two hours away from Arnold's Park that has the Legend roller coaster, and so it's like okay, like start to add up in my book here. This could be a fun trip. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know the weather in Sioux Falls. I feel like the water park probably only is warm enough for someone who's used to Florida weather, probably in like the month of July, and it's already what March third. So mm-hmm. I don't, they, they want to get this thing open this year. I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm not going to if I'm not going to go until I can go with the water parks open and the rides open, so I can ride RMC and get drunk in a lazy river. That sounds like the life right there. That sounds like the American dream, if I ever heard it. You know what it also sounds like is free RT man. Yeah, there you go. Now, I, I bet you they're not. Know. I bet you they're not that expensive. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, if I, you know, we've been talking a lot, you know, about free RT, and uh, I think we talked a little bit on the last show. Is like we don't want to just like contact Kings Kings Island and be like, oh, can we buy out Orion for a couple hours? Like we want to do something cool, and it's like, man. And then now, getting drunk in a lazy river and riding RMCs. That could be mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, it's something that gives you a little bit of the local flavor too, not just you know. Yeah, yeah. Going to Cedar Point or something. Exactly, exactly. So, um, moving on, um, you know, I would say trying to make a transition here. What might happen if you drink too much in the Lazy River? Would you maybe sink? Uh, yeah, possibly. You could sink. Now, now, w- would you see the underside of water, or would that be the backside of water? I would say that would be the the, I, the, I the close my, up close up side to water, up or the personal. I just got my vacation for free side of water. <laughs> that too, yeah. <laughs> and this is like a real time news story here because I feel like as we're recording, more and more attractions keep breaking at Magic Kingdom. So you know, yeah. we should note that it's currently eight p.m. Central Standard Time on March 3rd. So if we're leaving an attraction off the list that breaks down between the time we record now and by the time you listen to this, I just want to be transparent so you're not like, well, why didn't they talk about when that ride's closed? Well, because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're talking about this in real time. So, so take this one away. Um, so, God, when was it? It was last week sometime. I want to say it was Thursday or Friday. Sound, yep. sound about right? Um. Somebody on Twitter, some random guy who I, I checked his account and was like, just like yeah, sports. Yeah, like 200 like, followers. And- yeah, just was like posting about like sports like three years ago and that's all I did and just never used the account again. It was like, I, I'm at Disney World and my boat's sinking. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I, I love what? How, I, like, I feel like I would even like, you know, because it all would have happened pretty fast. I probably wouldn't have the, you know, oh, let me take out and start tweeting this. Let alone someone who cl- hadn't used Twitter in years, but uh, you know, not all here. He had to go like and- reset his password or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that's why we don't have any shots of the boat starting to sink. But I mean, not all heroes wear capes, and thanks to this guy for getting us some coverage. And then more photos came out. But this is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. So what happened was, um, reportedly, the boat left the dock and had some water in it, but no one really noticed or cared or what, whatever. I don't know, <clears throat> but. Eventually, they're making their way around, and one of the photos showed that one of the access panels to the bottom of the boat, um, which is basically where you sit, water was starting to come out of it, and it was just starting to pool and pool and pool and pool, and eventually got so bad that <laughs> um, people were on, like, other boats and were taking photos of this one boat of, like, people standing on the side rails 
of the boat itself to stay dry. Um, and it w- and the boat was just completely sunk. Like I, I know p- a lot of people, a lot of Disney fans were like, well, it didn't sink. And it, it, it sunk. Um, well, so if you guys don't know how the jungle cruise works, what happens is there's a trough at the bottom. Um, you know, you have the general, the, you know, the water, uh, tr- the, the water, you know, yes. all that stuff. Then there's like a trough that's even farther below that, that guides the boats basically. And it's on, it's basically a stick with a tire on it and it just kind of just makes sure it stays in the middle, you know, that kind of thing. Almost like a reverse bumper boats in, in or no, a reverse yep. um, bumper bowling is a good way to put it. Um, so what happens is like the boats are not on a track. They are not, they're, they're freely buoyed um, and all that stuff. So what I think happened is that one of the seals for um, some of the drive uh, systems. So basically it, there wasn't like a crack in the hull or something. I think that there may be like uh, – like, uh, what, what someone hypothesized and I thought was a good one was there's something called like packing glands. And what it is is a very <clears> – <throat> excuse me, tight kind of um, – almost like rope that you put in there and it acts as a water seal to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, from the uh, – around a drive shaft and it keeps water from getting in but allows it to have um, – Man, I'm coughing. Hold on one second. Bad coughs. Woo! So what it does is um, allows for a, you know, a motor or whatever on one end to, you know, like spin like on the boat and then it would go out of the boat and into the water. So what we think is that failed and then it started to fill up the boat. Um, so that's kind of our hypothesis. But yeah, the boat sunk right to the bottom of the three foot trough there and they had to evacuate people and oh man it was a mess it it was great too because it it like it looks like that like party boat where you know like you you see like you know picture like summertime party boat coming into the dock and everyone's like kind of holding on to the side of the boat getting ready to like jump off and run up back (laughs) up onto the beach that's what it looked like because everyone's literally on the side of the boat holding on I mean, for dear life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The you know, of course, someone on Twitter um, put the music to Titanic to it. It was just glorious. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it seemed like everyone was in pretty good spirits. Like you know, someone I think someone said like they they were you know wet up to their knees, like walking off the boat through the water. <laughs> but they were only wet for a few minutes because Disney took care of them. So it's like, yep, yep, yep. So yeah, no, it's uh, good that Disney took care of them because they should. Um, yes. And, uh, but it hasn't stopped there. What was it? No. So that was like you said, Thursday or Friday. And then what Saturday or Sunday, uh, the people mover. Oops. Yeah. The people mover did some, uh, bumping around on Saturday and Sunday. And that was a mess. Cause like they basically bounced into each other for like a good while. And the people movers had some issues for a while now. It feels like, well, I mean, you think about something like that, uh, uh, how do we know how many different not cars but like you call them like mini trains oh because it's what God. two or three cars connected together but there's probably what like 20 30 of those at one time yeah and all staying perfectly all staying perfectly in sync like speeding you know, like up and up, speeding up and slowing down yeah, to get to that down um, at certain points yeah and i mean you kind of go like yeah there's technology out there that'll help with that but you know it's 
you have to think this probably has happened before, just never got covered on social media. <laughs> you know, I, my understanding is social that, media. Yeah, my understanding is that it happens actually kind of frequently when there's an like a multiple e stops in a row, and they basically yeah, just it, need to get people off and let it reboot. But it's still not a good look after you have the Jungle Cruise Cruise issue. It's sort of like it's sort of like you know you you get like for example like um, like you're 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 going on a date or something or you're trying to do something and like all of a sudden like you get sick and you have to cancel and then the second time your car breaks down. It's sort of like okay, (laughs) it looks real bad. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, think about that's the thing with e stops is you know inertia gravity all that all that stuff um you know if you hit the e-stop nothing's usually stopping right away uh things are still you know forward momentum moving um so yeah it probably was like an e-stop and you know i think there's only staters every so often so you know if it just ran over a stater and kind of got that juice to move forward and then it e-stopped you know and the other one was just not quite at that stater you know it but yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal. Uh, you know, there's a reason why stuff like this has bumpers. Uh, but oh, yeah. like you said, it's more, it's more so the yeah. If you cancel on the first date, cancel on the second date, you're not getting a third date. But if you cancel on the first date and then cancel 15 dates in, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, um but then apparently, I I don't know much about this. Um, cause this was all kind of coming out in the last few hours. This is where I was making the joke that this is real time here. Uh, but now Haunted Mansion, what's, what's going on there, man? Like closed indefinitely. Some people are reporting. Yeah. So what happened reportedly is that a, uh, the Omnimover ride system broke down, um, last night at nine 30 at night, they said, and, or, or something around that time frame. And it sounds like it was a serious enough incident that it did not reopen at all today. Um, and that it's enclosed indefinitely, which I, which sounds way worse than it probably actually is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause I don't think Disney has come out and used that verbiage. My guess is, you know, when a ride's closed like this, cause I, I, when I worked at Disney and, um, you know, a ride broke, broke and I had to go stand out in front of it. It's like they, this is probably a blogger talking to, uh, you know, a college program kid who was like, yeah, and then the maintenance guy back there says, pretty bad. It's not going to be open anytime soon. Closed indefinitely. You know, yeah. that's what... Um, but I think it's a larger conversation of, like, Jungle Cruise, People Mover, uh, Haunted Mansion. I mean, these rides are all, what, like, 40, 50 years almost, some old? Some of them are almost 50 years old. Almost 50 years old. And, like, when you look at, you know, like, uh, you look at other parks... You know, we were just joking about Anaconda and, like, Vortex coming out. Vortex, like, was, what, 30 years old? You know, when you look look outside the realm of Disney. um, Outside of Disney, period. Outside of Disney, these rides aren't lasting super long. Like, Volcano, yes, it had a lot of issues, but Volcano didn't last. That was probably less of a end of service thing and more of like a issue with parts it seemed like or with reliability yeah. but when you're when you look outside the disney which is crazy because when you if you compare like say vortex uh to like haunted mansion haunted mansion technically then would be like a hundred years old because it runs twice as long as vortex because vortex is six months and haunted mansion is you know 
365. Yeah. And on top of it, well, the crazy thing is working, you know, you look at Disney, these rides, a lot of them, you know, like a Haunted Mansion, they're opening on a daily basis, day after day after day at like 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning and running almost, you know, to, we're going to talk about short hours here in a minute. So there's a little bit of a moot point here, but on average to 9, 10, you know, these minimum of 13, 14, 15 hours a day. And there's, you know, when you get to peak times of the year, like we were just coming off of, some of these rides, you're running from 7 or 8 a.m. to 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And it's like day after day for mm-hmm. years. You know, there's a reason why the Incredible Hulk was replaced after running every day for 20 years. Now you can say, yes, maybe they already had it in store somewhere, if you believe those rumors or whatnot. But still, my, my point is, at what point do we see Disney start going, you know, we saw it with Space Mountain in California. We saw, you know, they've done it with the Matterhorn before. At what point do they start going through and, like, they're going to have to rebuild Haunted Mansion from, like, the ground up. Not maybe the animatronics, but the ride system. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to need to. Like, <clears throat> the big problem that we're kind of facing, and um, actually, we'll probably get this into the next episode because we're, like, an hour and 20 minutes in. So we need to cut this one off yeah. and tease the in-the-loop one that I'll talk about. Um, you know, I think there's been some cutbacks and Disney needs to look into how they actually do their preventative maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good transition to our, our next story. Or when do you want to, when do you want to cut, make I the think cut? Now is a good cut as a tease no. to say, Hey, that, if you would like to hear us talk about the big news of Disney of the, of the week of the month of the year, even, um, yeah. Along with our takes on who that person is and what we think of them and, you know, the cuts and various other things that have been happening around the Disney and parks. Bread uh, at Disney, Dollywood cinnamon bread, you know, lots of stuff to talk about. So uh, I guess we just say so long and in the loop podcast, we are now on Spotify. So if you're a Park Scope listener, you want to figure out where in the loop is. Yeah. We are now on Spotify after we are like the original theme park podcast and we are now on Spotify. Yes, congratulations. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And um, it might be a little hard to find because there's tons of other podcasts called in the loop, like about ice skating and sporting events. Not, but no, no, not no. Making, we, probably. Yeah, it, probably, probably. Uh, Boy Scout not mating, making, but. You might have to dig through, but look for that orange logo. Check us out, and we'll we'll talk about the rest of it. So I guess we pause for like three seconds, four seconds, so you know where to cut it, and then we just start talking again, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So find uh, In the Loop there. You can find us at Parkscope.net. You can find me at Parkscope Joe. And then Hyde, where can everyone find you at online? I... I thought I was going to just tease and say, if you want to figure out where you can find me, you got to listen to other episodes, but no, if they don't want to, yeah, yeah, if they don't want to, you know, if they don't want to, uh, it would be at online hide on uh, Twitter and, um, you know, but also be sure to check out, uh, the, in the loop, uh, YouTube, uh, page where, um, in the loop, <laughs> youtube.com slash in the loop podcast. And we've got tons of videos going up almost every day about theme parks from around the world. Fantastic. Well, we'll see you guys on the next episode, literally, or the, in the loop one.